Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. In particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion. And Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. Boy, they sure do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by our executive producer, the one and only Brad Nearman, down at Berserk Productions in Lando Lakes, Florida. Hello to Brad and family. I know there's some exciting news going to be coming out very soon by Mr. Brad Nearman. Can't wait to be able to tell you about that. But first, on today's show, we welcome Dan Johnson from St. Croix. Dave's going to have a segment with Charlie Evans, a great guy who's doing an awful lot for getting children into the world of fishing. And I'm going to visit with the best on the planet. Come on, I'll argue with you all day long with anybody who doesn't think that my buddy Jacob Wheeler isn't the best fisherman in the world right now. I think he is, and we're going to talk to him about that very shortly. But first, Dave Kranz, please take it away and bring out Dan Johnston. As Steve says, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and I'd like to welcome back Dan Johnston. How are you doing, Dan? Doing great, Dave. Boy, the spring is flying by because today's topic, we're talking post-spawn on bass, and way up north that hasn't happened yet because they're going right now, but most of the country is in post-spawn or has been in post-spawn for, uh, in some cases, three, four, five weeks. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's a, it, you know, post-spawn means a lot of things. I mean, there's different stages of that, too. You know, there's a stage, we'll just jump right into the topic. I mean, these bass obviously bed up, and and then they get off the beds, and that's what we're talking about when we talk about post-spawn. You know, they'll guard, fry, and so forth. And But there's a stage after that, especially for good ones, to, to, to find good ones, can be kind of tough you know they, they kind of go in a little bit of a funk um but, but it doesn't last very long and then there's some rock solid patterns to look for during that stage and right after that stage at least that are always my go-tos yeah and, and um i i think uh people always ask me what's the easiest way to find uh post-spawn bass and it's probably the first place you look is the bluegill beds yeah, 100%. That's exactly where I was going. And, and, you know, it's just a rock solid pattern. And what's so awesome is uh, side imaging marks bluegill beds amazing. Now, obviously, if they're super shallow and nasty stuff and it can't shoot out and mark them, you can see them a lot of times, too. But they're they're just always there. Big, the, the good bass are there. They're, they're around those bluegill beds. And the nice thing is... You know, the bluegills will go on the beds, and they're staying on those beds well after the bass are done. Um, so the, and the shad spawns are over, um, but the bluegills will stay on those beds, and they're very defensive. And, you know, they'll get in those big Mars-like-looking areas with a bunch of craters, <laughs> and they try to run anything out of there. But 
the bass are in there for sure. And you know that the strategies to catch them are just multiple. I like the swim bait, you know, the mag draft, the um, big high tech on a ball head, but a uh, swim jig is probably my favorite way to catch them. And um, one thing I tried a few years ago that I do a lot is I'll either burn it, you know, along the edge or I'll throw the swim jig in the blue, uh, in the bluegill bed and let it sit on the bottom. Mm-hmm. for four or five seconds and then i'll burn it out of there a lot of times you'll get a reaction strike and that's been a great way to catch them and it's a well yeah i mean that's that's the number one pattern that uh we look for for sure uh but they'll start setting up on hard targets again you know we've talked about bottom substrate the ones that aren't on bluegill beds um you know they're they get catchable really good but there is a period there where all of us are scratching our heads because they can be pretty tough to catch yes they can and uh, one of the things i like to do is just outside the beds where you get that first break to deep water from like a transition from say two feet to four feet and you got uh intermittent weeds there is i love the top water that section as those a lot of those bass are set up looking towards the beds but they're not really going after it but i i can seem to get trigger some of those fish and sometimes it's a bigger female and i like to use like a blue colored uh surface bait like a pop bar or something like that have you uh, done the same absolutely and they'll bite a buzz bait really good mm-hmm. they'll bite a uh you know like you said any type of um there's a uh a bait called a boing g2 popping knocker that's really good um in that scenario bluegill color um but you know, one one thing i should mention and, and this is something that i'm sure a lot of people have tried is water clarity really dictates how close you can get to those and because the bass are there they're kind of satellite you know they're rolling around that bluegill bed waiting for something to come astray to smoke it and in clear water we found in minnesota last year we had to stay way way off those things and throw them a long ways with a swim jig or a big swim bait or whatever and the clo- if we got close enough to where like I'd, I'd drop my poles and try to get within a relatively close casting range we didn't catch them near as well and once but again that was real clear water and i think that seems to be common sense but i fall prey a lot of times i see a bluegill bed and you know you go charging in there and they got to be there and you're, you're right on top of them and they just don't you know they, they don't react as well they're there and they won't even leave you can see them swimming around but they don't they won't bite it so that's another thing to remember get something you can throw quite a ways in clear water when you're on that pattern yeah how about a uh, weightless fluke uh, this time of year i've done well with that well the weightless fluke and another thing that's just absolutely lethal is a double fluke rig and if people yeah. listeners out there that haven't looked at that um go online and research that it's super easy to rig up um but it's got incredible action and that triggers strikes and it's a great place to throw them um obviously i'm not showing i'm, I'm not personally throwing shad colors i throw a white one a lot but I'm throwing more natural colors when I do that, but that seems to create a lot of commotion that they just can't stand. I think in some cases better than a single rig. Absolutely, and you can look up what uh, uh, how that rig is rigged. I remember at a uh, sports show that we both were doing, uh, oh, four, five, six, seven years ago, and you had one in the in the demo tank, even though the water w- was only very the, the fly casting in the casting pond, and you were dancing one back and forth. I think uh, I'm pretty sure that was you, and people were just amazed at what that looked like. Well, it's ridiculous the action that it gets. And, you know, obviously you can throw that thing almost year-round, but this time of year it's really good because it triggers strikes uh, really well, and it's easy to cast. It doesn't tangle up like you think it would. It's just you got to 
um, just look up how to rig it, but it's a, it's a really good, really good way to go. And one suggestion I'd give on that is I use a lighter gauge hook, lighter gauge hook in it because you get a lot more action out of the uh, fluke. Uh, you know, I, if I'm rigging it single rig and skipping another docks and cover, I'll use a lot heavier gauge hook, Okay. but with a double fluke rig, I use a lighter hook. That makes a lot of sense. Then you get then you get a, a different action for it, you know. And that and that makes me think. Um, what uh, maybe possibly if you were going to use two different hooks, you put the heavier one in the back and the lighter one in the front. Then you got one dragging and one up a little bit. That might give even a different presentation. Yeah, you know, I don't do that. I I, I probably just haven't tried it. But I use two light hooks because the whole system is obviously twice as heavy because you got two of them out there. And yeah. I like that first one really freaking out. You know, um, but yeah, it's great. And then the, the regular wacky rig Cinco is as good as it gets uh, in this pattern. Throw it to the, you see the bluegill bed get six, eight, ten feet off it where it starts to get a little dark and throw it out there and let it just free fall. Yep. And they eat the fire out of that too, you know. So there's a lot of ways to catch them when they're in that pattern, but 90% of it's finding them. So, and I, we did a podcast on this a few years ago, and it, literally I spent a half a day with the rods on the deck just idling the shorelines looking for bluegill beds, and I put about 20 of them on my graph on waypoints and then went back to the beginning and started fishing them. And I have no idea. All I remember is we pulled a boat off the lake that night, and our thumbs were almost bleeding <laughs> from whipping so many bass. But we were every cast we threw was close to a bluegill bed, and we had bass on, you know. It was one of those hundred fish days, and we would not have had that if we'd just gone down the bank looking and fishing. Absolutely, absolutely. You got And this is the time of year that you can locate them. Uh, and if it's... If it's uh, Dirty water, then you got to use your electronics because those bluegills are still spawning even if you can't see them. Yeah, but they show up really good. And, I, and one key to that is to set your range on side imaging at a shorter distance, like 40 feet. You know, depending on the water clarity, how deep those bluegills beds are going to be. Clear water, they bed deeper. Shallow water, they bed smaller or shallower. So once you figure that out and you find a couple, they're going to bed relatively similarly in a lake in the same depth. So just get set that thing out at 40 because if you set it at 60 or 80, you won't see them. Or you set that thing at 30 or 40, they show up like big time. They almost look like a honeycomb bees nest with great big circles in them. You know, <laughs> yeah. and you can just, yeah. they're obvious when they show up. So but yeah, that's, that's, that's the pattern. There's no doubt. Um, and then once they get off of that, they go right into the summer deal. You know, the rivers, they get in current weeds, um, hard bottom, uh, you know, the lakes, they go to, you know, they'll stay really, really shallow because you've got to imagine all the fries swimming around and all that. Uh, but they get wind driven and, you know, we start throwing just to, you know, the gloves come off and you can start throwing about everything. Absolutely. Now, uh, that's primarily largemouth, but on the bluegill beds. But do the smallmouth return to hard targets much quicker after the spawn? Yeah, in the summertime, though, you know, river fish are completely different. They stay shallow and in current, but those lake fish will start to get on edges, drops, deep rock. You know, areas like that, and they'll suspend over things like that. The jerk bait they'll bite a lot later than people think, as long as you have clear water. Um, but they're kind of the same thing. And, it, and a lot of times those smallmouth will stay on the beds a little longer than a largemouth will up north. And you can see them still in beds, but the, the telltale to get off smallmouth around beds is when uh, the uh, the rock bass start getting on them. And you'll know it because rock bass will hit anything when you throw it in there. You start catching them, and then you realize those smallmouth have done, and you start looking for what they do right after. 
Yeah, the rock bass wouldn't be there because those big big male smallies would be chasing them away uh, from the fry. But so the fry have dispersed, and the rock bass are up there doing their thing. And uh, that that is a good observation. And, and uh, you know, a lot of these things we think of because of years of experience. And and I just encourage people to fish as much as you can because there is no doubt the more you go, the better you're going to get. Well, the more you go, the less you realize you know. Well, because you end up spinning out and your plans one, two, and three don't work. And then you kind of got to rest on experience and information and try to get something figured out. But that's the beautiful part about fishing is once we think we know something, we know how little we really know. Boy, that, that is absolutely true. And uh, you and I uh, continue to learn. We learn from each other. We learn from the listeners. And that's why we like doing this. I, unbelievable. But uh, June 22nd here in a, just several weeks, we will be starting our eighth year of programming programming of the We Fish ASA podcast that doesn't even seem real in some ways. Hard to even imagine. It feels like it's been about two. And I know. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun for sure, and I hopefully we have many, many more. I'm sure we do, and looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for being on again. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. No problem. That was Dan Johnson. I am Dave Kranz. This segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. My favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say my guests that I have on this segment have a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly has a passion for the outdoors and has for decades. Mr. Charlie Evans, welcome back. Thanks, Dave. I guess that means I'm old, right? Oh, I, I think we're both old, Charlie, but that's okay, you know? I, I like to say we're experienced. We're experienced, not old. 
<laughs> uh, so you're a professional fisherman. You do a lot of stuff. You've done coaching with the USA Bass. You do a lot of things. Um, tell me, what's your schedule been like so far this year? And uh, you're on the road right now traveling. And uh, t- tell me a little bit about what's been going on in your world. Well, I fish the uh, MLF Invitationals, uh, the Big Five Invitationals. And uh, we've had four so far. And and, uh, and, the, and the fishing has been fantastic in all four of them. Three of the four locations that it's determined on the floor. And so I learned a lot of new things. The fishing was great. The catching, oh, so simple. But, <laughs> but I had fun on all of them. And the next thing that, of course, is it stops with Sky and Marshall at, at Bass Pro Shops. I do a stop about every tournament. Uh, and did a Bass Pro Shop grand opening up here in St. Louis, which was a lot of fun. Johnny was there, and, and uh, Scott and Marshall, of course, were there. That was a lot of fun. And I've just come back from, I'm on the way back uh, to Kentucky from uh, Big Cedar Lodge, which is a Johnny Morris property. And, and we did, uh, uh, Sky and Marshall and I did Fun Mountain at Big Cedar Lodge, uh, which is a great place for kids. And we had a lot of kids there. And then that was on Saturday. Then yesterday, uh, Big Cedar Lodge had their Memorial Day celebration where they uh, thank the, the people that sacrificed their lives in protection of our country. And, and that was a great, great show. And they ended up with fireworks and a, and a, uh, a, a live show using drones like the likes I've never seen way up in the sky. It must have been three or 400 of those drones that lit up and changed colors. That was, I've never seen something like that before. So that was a lot of fun. So now I'm heading back. And, uh, and the next stop will be uh, MLF stop number five on the Potomac River, which is a place i've been to several times and i love to go fishing there yeah and it's a yeah, that's a tidal water and uh it, it is beautiful there i'm always amazed uh, are you guys going out of uh, smallwood state park going out of smallwood and then i'll tell you i fished as you know all around everywhere and i don't think there's any other location in the country that i'm aware of where you see more bald eagles than on the up and down the Potomac river it just seems like they're everywhere there and so it's always great seeing those those majestic birds uh, with, uh, flying around while you're uh, uh, while you're out fishing, and then every now and then you see the president's helicopters and lots of things going on around Washington D.C. And, and it's a fun place to fish. It is, and you always wonder who's in that helicopter going from this place to that place, and some of those planes and everything. And the the old growth forests that are there and around there, uh, thankfully. People took care of those and didn't, they probably hundreds of years ago could have cut all that down and used it for buildings and everything, but they didn't. And it's just phenomenal, isn't it? That and, and, and you know, every time I go, I always fish, stop and fish in front of Mount Vernon, George Washington's place, you know. Yep. And, and it's it's a great attraction, but it's right there on the river. And uh, and I've got three or four spots there that, that I just love to fish and, and see what's going on up at Mount Vernon. Yeah, because that's the, the history of what's there and everything. Uh, yes. uh, the Potomac River is good. Uh, how do, are you good at the tidal fisheries, or, or do you just play the tide like uh, so you know when high and low is and and do better when it's moving or, or when it's still? Well, the great part about Potomac, the, the tide is not a huge difference. You know, it's not about six or eight feet or anything. It's, it's a smaller drop, two or three feet, and, uh, and it happens uh, pretty regularly. And, and so the water keeps moving. And, and I've always said that I don't worry so much about whether the water's going in or going out or, or whatever. I like to have it moving. And so if I can stay where water's moving around, it, it makes it easier to target the bass because they're always hiding behind something and the current waiting for food to come by. And so uh, now at slack tide, whether it's slack low or slack high, 
then it gets a little tougher, and, and uh, you can either change position and, and find some moving water, or have to slow down and, and get smaller. And and because they're they're not when the fish aren't, they, it's tougher on them when they have to go chasing than it is when they can hide with, with moving water and wait for something to come back. Yeah, and for the uh, listeners that don't know, on the tides going in or going out in our bass boats, we can actually run that tide and beat the tide and have sometimes 15, 20, half an hour to fish in another area that we know before that tide gets there and then move it again, move it again. And a lot of guys run the tides both ways, don't they? Absolutely. My Garmin Electronics has the tides in them. I can see exactly the direction it's going and the timing everywhere. And so, yeah, it's the electronics we have today are, are fantastic. Besides the forward facing sonar, is the ability to try to keep up with the tides and always stay where the water's moving. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, before we get too far into this, let's. Uh, who keeps Charlie Evans on the water? Who, who are your sponsors? And I know some of them you've had for a long time. Oh, gosh, yes. I, uh, Bass Pro Shop, of course, and Bass Pro Shop is what I call kind of like the foundation of our of our sport and our industry. And I've been with Rangers since, gosh, about 1983, 1983. And uh, at Garmin, I've been there. Well, since I think since 1983, also, so a lot of people that that uh, that I promote are products that I know and I believe in and I trust. And and I, I when I tell people this is something you need to use, you can bet you it's because I I know it because I've been using it. And I've added on a couple of new ones this year that have been really exciting for me: lithium pro batteries. And so I went from four batteries in the back, you know, three for the uh, trolling motor and one for the everything else in the boat. And now I'm down to two trolling, uh, two batteries, and both of them are lithium. So I'm mm. lithium for my starting battery and, and running all the electronics and live wells and all everything in the boat, the system boat, and then a 36 volt lithium. And so my boat is lighter, uh, it charges faster, it'll last longer. And I've actually uh, picked up a little speed and and uh, and then also get better fuel economy. Yeah, uh, yeah. With, with with lighter load like that. So that's been really a great change for me. And then the second thing I've done is uh, my Garmin Electronics are now uh, sitting on beat down outdoors mounts. And beat down outdoors mounts are uh, for live scope. They've got a front mount that is perfect for me because you can extend it up about 36 inches off the bow of the boat where, where you're not always, you know, your head's not always sticking down all the time. You can actually see what's going on around you. And, uh, and, and that's, those mounts are strong and sturdy. And, uh, I've got, uh, on my dash, I've got the dual mounts there where I can move my, my two flails I've got there on the dash. I can move them in and out, up and down, back and forth. So you can always move them around where there's no, no problem with, uh, sun glare. Mm-hmm. And, and those are strong, sturdy mounts. That company is a new company out of Missouri. And man, I think they've got the best mounts going. Uh, people ought to look at mine. Give us a try. Those are some great products. Excellent, excellent. And and I think you make a good point about believing in the products that you're you're using. And I think for the high school and collegiate uh, kids that are coming up when they start searching out sponsors, um, let's face it, this is about selling product. Make sure you know the product. Make sure you use the product. Make sure that you're passionate about the product. And and go to them with that. They don't want to see a picture of a fish on your phone. They want to know what you know about their products, don't they? 
Well, absolutely. And I, I, I speak to several uh, bass clubs, both college and high school. And, and one of the biggest questions uh, that I always get asked is, how do you get sponsors? And, and I always tell them, gosh, I don't have any sponsors. I've got lots of companies that I work for. <laughs> and so that's uh, you actually going to work for a company that uh, that hires you and so you need to apply for a job with them just like you apply for a job anytime and uh, and and let them know that you want that you go and go to work for them and that you can provide them a return on their investment. And uh, that's what every company's looking for. And I said if somebody will give you something because you're going fishing, don't take it. They won't be in business very long. <laughs> right. If you can show any company that you can provide them, uh, increase their sales, increase their income, they'll hire you even if they don't have an opening. Yep, it's a marketing position, and that's what I tell them also. You work hard for every company you represent. But more than that, you don't just take a company because they want to give you something. You take it because you have a passion for it, and, and you Absolutely. use the product. You got to believe in the product, believe in the people, and uh, and 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 that way you'll be when you talk to other people about it, you've got credibility, and you'll be able to impact impact the market. Excellent. So, how many days of practice are you going to do for Potomac? Well, we get three days of practice, a, a day off, and then uh, the full field fishes for two days in the top fifty, which all get paid on day three. And so, uh, I'm ready for a, a day three outing. So, it's, <laughs> it's your day yeah. practice, and and, uh, and 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 practice is never a problem for me. I said practice goes up good every single time, and it's got to got to react though during the time because every day and sometimes several times during the day conditions change. You got to be able to adapt. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite uh, way to catch fish across the country, or you do what you have to? Oh, gosh, yeah. I've got a couple of things that are kind of like my things I've been doing for years and years and years and years that seem to work everywhere I go and every place I go and got to write a conference in them. Uh, one I use with my bait casting uh, rods and reel set is a Zorro Boozer Bug, which most people might call a jig, but Zorro doesn't make any jigs, they make Boozer Bugs. <laughs> and a Zorro Boozer Bug with a Zoom Big Salty Chunk uh, is just a, a, a thing that you can catch fish anytime, anywhere. Big fish, uh, um, it's a big fish bait, but it'll catch get lots of bass. And uh, I, I've said that I don't think you could town a boozer bug and catch a fish, and I don't think you town a, a, a zoom big salt chunk and check catch a fish. But if you put the two together, magic happens. Mm. It's the biggest imitation of crawdad ever ever was, and, and it does just a great job. And then, uh, uh, so that's from a heavy duty fishing and a heavier line. And when I go for that fishing, uh, a zoom trick worm. A zoom trick worm and i tell people all the time i think zoom makes like 130 colors of trick worms yep and uh, i tell them any colors all right as long as it's green pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> there you go and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, i love fishing that wacky style uh and then put a put a, a nail in the head the waiting head and just it it is a it, it, it catches fish anywhere and everywhere i go Excellent, Charlie. Always good to get an update from you and talk to you and uh, wish you the best of luck on the next tournament and the rest of the season and appreciate your time. Thanks for being on. All right, Dave. Good talking to you. Uh, thank you. That was Charlie Evans. I am Dave Kranz. This segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. 
As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta Outdoors. From bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is not here. He is remote. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And you know, if you're an industry professional of any sort at all, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting them at asafishing.org. I've introduced this guy so many times, and I, I look at it and I say, well, I can come up with something new. You know what? I, I'm not even doing it. There's only one way to only one way to introduce this gentleman now, and it is by saying, Please welcome the best fisherman on the planet. I'm happy to have Jacob Wheeler with us. Hi, Jacob. How are you? Man, I'm doing good, Steve. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the, the very humbling introduction. I don't know about that. <laughs> I just I just enjoy bass fishing, obviously, and it's uh, it's been a fun ride. I'm, I'm I'm thankful to be a professional bass angler. Thankful to be living out my dream, and also uh, I'm thankful to be hopping on here and get a chance to to get to up with you, man. Hey, that is very very cool. It was good seeing you at the Red Crest, and it just uh, it shows me how busy you are. Watching you in public, man, oh, man, everybody wants a piece of Jacob Wheeler. Hi, <laughs> man, I try. I try, obviously, and now it's gotten a little tougher, you know, with, with two little ones. You know, I have a year-and-a-half-old little Olivia Hudson, and, and Olivia's four-and-a-half now, and so... You know, it's, 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 it's enjoy, man, look, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate, um, you know, there's people that want to speak with me and, and want to do stuff. So I, I don't, so I'd much rather be on that side than, than the opposite side of that. No one wants to talk to me. So <laughs> I, I look at it as a blessing, not a curse. <laughs> oh, that's a, that is a good thing. And I'll tell you what, I know you're, I know you're a good family man. You're very emotional. Uh, you, you just, uh, you're a great family man. What, what, what else can I say? And, it was so nice seeing you and your wife together at at the Red Crest because uh, she's a very pretty young lady, but it just blows my mind when I see the wives get dressed up for that Thunderbolt ball. Boy, oh boy, they are something else. And, and your wife is leading the pack on uh, good-looking angler wives. 
<laughs> she's she's awesome. And I, you know, that's the thing. We we obviously as anglers, we go out here and we get the opportunity to. You, you see those trophies that we hoist, and you get to see all the accomplishments that happen throughout the you know throughout the years. And it, you know, we our wives don't get the credit they deserve. Obviously, they're they're really truly the unsung heroes. They're able to knock out things and, and take care of stuff at the house where we don't really have to worry about those things and keep up with everything and take care of the kids in addition to household things that we have to get you know deal with and it's like you know I, I when I go when I go out there on the on the water or I go out there for an event you know I have my blinders on like a horse I have my blinders on and I focus on the event at hand and so you know it takes a special lady to be able to handle that. Um, and I, and I definitely have a special one. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful situation that you are in. And, uh, it's not just the, not just the wives, but, uh, you guys, the anglers all clean up real good for that big event, man. Oh man. It's unbelievable. Uh, seeing how spiffed up you guys are and it's gotta be, it's gotta absolutely just kill you. To go get ready for something like that and, and, and take that expensive suit out of your traveling bag and put it on. And when you're putting on, you're looking at it, go, there's got to be some way I could put sponsors patches all over this thing. <laughs> no, I I actually, you know, it, it's always fun to, to dress up and, and be able to, you know, and, and, uh, and walk out on the town, you know, for, for a couple evenings a year. And, you know, the, th- the tough thing about the Thunderbolt Bowl is it's right in the middle of the competition. So, you know, we're um, typically in the last few years, I've been in the competition towards the final ends of the, of the days and going to the finals. And so I, I'm there. I'm, I'm trying. You know, I'm hanging out. I've got a quick bite to eat, and then I'm right back uh, getting undressed and getting getting in my uh, pajamas and 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 uh, PJs and going to sleep. So I don't get to enjoy as much as I'd like. It's more so it's a big party for the wives. They obviously get a get a kick out of it. But it is really nice to to be able to take them out um, as well. And just it's just a celebration of the year. You know how it is. It's just like you know you work all year to get to a, to accomplish to get to a point and and to get to the world championship and the championship of that of, of MLF and, and everybody you know they we all do that as professional anglers we, we we work our butt off to qualify for the championship whatever that might be and and then you get there and you know you get at least to celebrate that yeah and then you you go oh geez well what, what are they going to do different this time well I know they're going to hand me another big check and that's no surprise do, do you get bored with that part of it at all getting handed those checks and trophies. No, happy Gilmore checks and, and trophies can come in. And listen, I, I'm all about that. That's fine. You guys want to? They want to hand me any, as many as they want to. I'm I'm all about that life. That's uh, I'll take as many happy Gilmore checks as they want to. They want to provide. I love it. Happy Gilmore check. I've heard you speak a number of times, and uh, uh, it it just stands to reason that you get better as time goes on. I, I remember first time I probably talked to you was probably seven years ago. On, on this show, and, and you did a good job. I boy, that guy's really, he's a good fisherman. He's really going places, got good uh, uh, good speaking ability, contact. Uh, he, he, can, he can do it all, and you just keep getting smoother and smoother. Do you feel that you are a better speaker, a better communicator now than you were last year or the year before? You know, it's it sort of, it's interesting because I feel like there's times, you know, in the middle of COVID, obviously we were able to, we were just sort of like homebodies, you know, and I think there's some times when, you you know, you don't use it, you lose it. And some of those things like, you know, going back to just planning and speaking. And uh, I mean, I, I, uh, I still get nervous to be honest with you. And I get up in front of a crowd when a whole bunch of impactful people and I go to like Red Crest and 
speak you know, like last this year it, it, it um at that at that dinner you know there's a lot of really important people at that event and um from major sponsors to to everybody who's in the industry and so that still is nerve-wracking to me because i you know i i, I walk up there and i'm like still that young kid from indiana and and i just have so much respect for everything that everyone's done in that room that that's 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 um it's a lot it's a lot to handle i feel like i'm that kid again when i walk up there sometimes when i'm in front of a whole bunch of anglers and fishermen you know on a in an event uh, or, or uh, a speaking engagement where I'm talking about like a specific pattern or something going on and trying to teach that to me is just simple as it is. But when you get out there and you get in front of, you know, owners of boat companies and owners of uh, main marketing people throughout the whole industry and you're sitting there tell, you know, telling them a story, you're like, dang, you know, it's, it's, um, it's surreal. It, it's surreal. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I can, I can't imagine. I absolutely can't imagine you're at the top of the list of uh, uh, for anybody that fishes. If, if they ask people who do you want, who would you like to fish with? Everybody's going to tell you, tell you Jacob Wheeler. Have, have you and have you fished with the uh, the legends, the uh, Bill Dances, the the Jimmy Houston's, the Hank Parkers? You know, I've I've spent a lot of time around you know Jimmy. I've I've been around Bill as well. I've not necessarily I've not had the opportunity to get in the boat with you know Bill Dance, Rick Klein, uh, Kevin Van Dam. I always have wanted to. Obviously, I have the utmost respect. I, I remember the most impactful thing a legend has ever done was when, um, well, early in my career, Rick Klein came up to me and I was I was fishing the Elite Series at that point in time. I, and I was young and I was having a good year and, and uh, he, he just came up to me and he said, Hey young man, you're just want to let you know you're doing a great job. And I said, dang, like Rick Klein just came up to me and let me know he thought I was doing a great job. And I, I, I that was such an impact. It was so small. And it was just a moment of time, but it was so impactful for me at that point in time in my career as a young angler that I, I just gave me so much confidence and, um, I, I've never, I'll never forget that moment. You know, it really does mean a lot because Rick Klun is a guy, he's, there's no words that come out of his mouth that don't contribute something. You know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't telling, he wasn't telling you were doing good just to blow smoke up your butt. He was telling you because he felt that was important to him to tell you that. And uh, and you took it in the right way, and and I'm really proud of you for saying that because it's really cool to hear uh, hear you be treated that way because you do have the respect of your peers, and and you have the respect of the people that have come before you, and, and you'll continue to have respect of the people that come after you, and uh, it's it's great for the sport. And uh, I just want to say something. Let's get get this off my chest today because you're not. I, have you ever? I know. I have called you so many times. You've done many interviews with me. And I know it's a lot to get into your schedule because you have so much to do. And I appreciate every time that you uh, that you cooperated and, and you and you recorded an interview with me. It means a lot. Uh, I have you ever have you ever gotten paid to do an interview? Um I don't really. I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think. I don't, ever, I don't think you I have. I don't think it's ever part of the. Yeah, it's never part of the deal. I just, you know, obviously my schedule. If there's a handful of people when they call, I try like my hardest to make sure 
that I I can try to get on that show or that podcast and, and you're one of those people just because of the history we've had, you know, and that's, that means a lot to me. You know, obviously I can't say yes to everybody, you know, and that, cause you only have so much time. And, and so it's, it, but it, it's to me, there's a handful of people that are grandfathered in down the line that I say, Hey, these are the people that I've, you know, that gave me an opportunity early on, which to speak. And those are the people that I want to continue to, it, you know, now that, you know, when I have a lot of options, those are the same people I want to, to, to jump on when I can. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I, and I wasn't fishing uh, for compliments there. Bad, there's a bad pun. But I want to, sometimes <laughs> when things change, change, it drives me crazy when there's no reason for it. And I, I am not going to mention the name of the person. But a, a guy who won an event uh, recently, and I won't say whether it was Major League Fishing, Bassmaster, whatever it was, this guy was, I contact him. I say, "Hey, nice, congratulations, nice win. Let's tape an interview." And I get a, a, a an email back saying, "I would be happy to do the interview. Uh, this is when I'm available, and my interview price is fifteen hundred dollars." Yeah. And I said, Dang. "My God!" I said, uh, I, "I never got asked by Van Dam to pay him by any, any of the classic." I'm going, "This is a guy you'll never hear about." again in in another year but he wants to get paid to talk to me and amazingly today i'm on i'm reading by email and there's a story about the, this fellow is on this website where you can sell fishing tips and you can buy his waypoints on his uh on his sonar are available for purchase <laughs> should, should, I, should i be shaking my head and saying what the hell's the matter with this sport this is going in the wrong direction or can we agree that crap like this is going to be over soon and we just got to bear our way through it yeah i think there's stuff like that that you know it, it's interesting because in, in a small industry you know obviously the the fishing world you know it's it the industry is fairly small. Everybody knows everybody, and, and you just have to take a point. Like, and I've I've been fortunate to have some really good people teach me. You know, hey, that's that's not the way to handle, it, and that is the way to handle something. So it just takes time. You know, people make mistakes, of course, but there's definitely things that are transitioning right now that people see this. I think we'll be okay. I just think you know, I saw that. You know, there there's some things selling selling waypoints and stuff like that. I, I, that's not the way. Uh, you know, I, I personally am not, I think it's not ethically right, you know, morally, you know, like ethics, like the moral aspect of that. Like, I feel like the guy who goes out there and, and finds those locations and, and, and works hard is, is what I want to, you know, people like that, I want to see do well, but that's just my personal opinion on it. I'm not saying that, Hey, you know, there's guys that go out and, and, and take guy trips all the time and, and learn a lot too. So, um, I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I think, I think there's, it's a slippery slope. Obviously technology is, is, um, is advancing and there's things that are popping up day in and day out. And so that might just be, I think that might be a flash in the pan. I hope so. I really do. Cause I, I don't want to see, uh, that happen. I don't want to see somebody who's doing stuff like that prosper. Um, there, there's way too many good things and good people and, uh, I just don't like getting mad at the sport because I love the sport too much. And uh, I, I'm happy that you yeah. answered that the, the way I thought you were going. I need to take a quick break. I really got to talk about some interesting things. You just won a big tournament, your second, uh, your second, your sixth Major League Fishing Major Tournament. 
Uh, you've got something new going on in the boating world that totally blows my mind. We will talk to Jacob Wheeler about all this when we come back. We'll be back right after this. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Sarley. And please remember that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Welcome back, the one and only Jacob Wheeler. But does your face still get red when you hear people say best fisherman on the planet or things like that? Yeah, guys, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to lie. That does. It does throw you for a loop a little bit. <laughs> you, you, are, you are humble. I don't know if, if I was sitting in front of you saying this right now. I know you'd be shaking your head and go, why does he talk about me like this? But you know what? I, 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 truly, I truly mean it. I think, uh, I think you're great. I kind of thought that uh, at one time, I said, well, he's on a roll and things have to cool off. No, that's not happened. Boy, you, you, you never cool off. You always seem to be doing well. And I think a lot of it is because you put in as much effort as anybody in the world of fishing. I mean, I try. You know, I I, I pride myself at, at working hard and working. I think I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, I put it more effort than anybody, but I definitely try to try my hardest to outwork my competitors and and uh, you know, and that and that's what it takes. You know, and anywhere in in, in life, you your work ethic is key. You know, and I. I, I tell everybody that I said, look, you know, you want to do something, that's fine. But if you're not willing to put the effort in, you're not going to probably be, you know, one of the best or, or, or really good at your craft. And it, and it, and, it, and it's always evolving with this sport changing as much as it has, and technology changing, and 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 fishing pressure getting tougher and tougher, and more anglers out there in the water, and the sport growing. You have to adapt. And so, um, if you don't put your time on the water and put effort. Um, towards your craft, you you won't stay very uh, up there very high on the on the list for for very long. For sure, for sure. Uh, a very important thing are the tools that you uh, 
used to go to work every day, and, and we know how important that is, and we can talk all about your sponsors. You, you've really worked to get the right people together to be on your tournament shirt, but you blew the world away when you made that big announcement that you were hooking up with a new boat company. Yeah, you know, that was um, a really cool opportunity. Obviously, um, you know, to to number one, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for every company I've worked with up to this point. And, and um, you know, Johnny Morris and that whole White River crew, they're amazing. They're great people. And I, I have nothing but respect. Johnny's such an impactful person for this sport and does so much to help uh, help um, us anglers and every angler out there, you know, um, donating his time and his money. And, and so I, I, I got nothing but respect for them. But um, there was an opportunity that I had with, with um, a company and, and HCB was, um, you know, they make center, center console yachts. And they came to me and approached me and were like, look, we want to do this. You know, let's, let's, let's figure this thing out to make this work. And I'm like, man, they're here in, in actually an hour and 10 minutes from my house in Tennessee, okay. um, which is even better. Um, you know, and, and um, so they, you know, I actually ran a mule boat. Um, they have some really, really fantastic engineers there. Um, really premium products. And, and, and so they said, Hey, look, we're in this for the long haul. Let's, let's figure out how to make this work. What convinced you to make a huge move like this? You know, I've always wanted to be a part of uh, a company and, and I wanted to be more than just an angler running a boat, you know, to, to have an opportunity and a seat at the table and, and, and sit down in the meetings at Icon Boats and say, Hey, this is the direction I think we need to go. Hey, I think we messed, you know, we, we messed up here. We could do better here. We could do better there. Hey, we need to think this and you think that like, to me, I want to be way more, you know, inner, I want to be way more in on, on, on those key decisions within a company. Um, and that was the opportunity I was given, you know, and that's, that's, that's pretty, you know, that's a, it's a lot of responsibility of course, but it's, it's also, you know, um, to me, that's that's what I want. You know, I want to be. I don't want to just be a person, um, prom, you know, angler promoting a product. I want to be a part of that product and and figure out, um, you know, things we could tweak and do better in the next version. What we what we did right um, and continue to innovate, which is what I have a, a strong passion for. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, does Icon have a dealer network? They do, yeah. We definitely we have a, a solid. The the whole crew has a good solid dealer network. I, you know, I work directly with Weeders Marine, one of my good friends. There's a Marine up there in Connecticut. Um, Carrie and Sons. There's some really good dealers around all around the country um, that we have, and and um, you know, it's it's growing rapidly, of course. But it's um, we you know we launched it at the expo at the, at the classic expo. We have a 21 right now. I'm an LX and it's, and it's, you know, um, and there's obviously it's a long-term play. Something that was so interesting with the, with the boat is just, you know, going, stepping down from a, they make center console yachts on the HCB side, center console yachts, and then jumping down into the bass boat world at a 21 footer. We said, all right, look, we're going to make this boat first, a premium boat to show the, show what we can do. And then we're going to continue to work our way and, and, and try to create a boat for everyone long-term. You know, and that's sort of been the goal. But you don't want to start off by creating a, a, a inexpensive boat, or a, a, um, you want to you want to show the world like, hey, here's here's our top shelf product, and this is what we can produce. Then you go from there 
and you can slowly give everybody an opportunity um, to, 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 to join the Icon family. So that's sort of the goal of the company um, is to do that. Is Icon, is Icon partnered with any particular manufacturer of power plants? <laughs> I don't know that. But, uh, you, 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 chose, you chose your motor for your boat. Yes. You were not, if you want an icon, you've got to have this. Oh, so you're sorry, power plant, power, motor aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mercury, sorry, sorry. I thought you power plant. I said, wait, what? Um, no, so yeah, so there's, you know, Mercury is what I run, and, and that's what's, per, you know, with HCB on that side, they're one of the number one sellers of, uh, uh, of you know, big engines, you know, four, four five, six hundred horsepower engines uh, on that side. So the big giant engines that people run on saltwater. Um, so with that being said, of course, Mercury was a great fit. Um, I think there'll be other options maybe later on, but that's, uh, that's what I've run. And that's what I've run for the last several years. And, and um, that's what, you know, definitely an option for, um, for anyone who wants to run that, that boat. On this top of the line boat that you are putting your name on, I'm assuming that we're talking a hundred grand neighborhood, uh, fully outfitted, like which seems to be what the price is for a uh, high end boat today. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I, I think there's some things that, like maybe the management crew, we sort of like, and, and that was something that I wasn't in on. That there was some, there's high. It's definitely a, a premium price, and and so that's the thing is like for me that I an angler that didn't come that came from somewhere where I didn't have a boat until I, I qualified to fish professionally. Um, I don't ever want people to think a certain way about anything. And that's why I always tell the story. It is a, it is a hundred plus thousand dollar boat. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the one thing I think there was a, um, it, you can get a, you can get a quote from a dealer and sort of, it all, you know how it is. It all depends on how you set a boat up. You want 50, you know, you could, you could buy $30,000 electronics this day and age, you know? So, uh, it's crazy how it is, but realistically, yeah, it's going to be, that the LX is, is, is on the, on the higher end of, of bass boats, um, right now for sure. Well, I thought it was exciting because every, everything that I saw you talking about when the subject of your new boat has come up, you've made it a point to tell people, Hey, if this is not your price point, one at your price point is coming. Uh, you know, correct. You have made you have really, I think, gone out of your way to make sure that people know that a more affordable boat will be available in the near future. And I think that excites people a lot. I mean, they like looking at you and saying, "Ah, oh, that Wheeler's got a great boat. Oh man, I can never afford one of those." But I like to go, "Hey, man, I can get one of those boats that Wheeler's promoting. I think that would be a wonderful thing. I'm going to hold on and look at that when it comes out." Yeah, I think that's always the goal. You know, you don't ever want to alienate anybody, and especially when, you know, I mean, listen, I, I came from humble beginnings, and I, and, I, and I grew up in a place where I, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a, a brand-new bass boat, um, you know, and, and so I was, I was fortunate for people to let me borrow boats and everything, so I don't ever want someone to think that, you know, hey, we're not, we're not thinking of them because obviously I want to think about the whole fishing world. And I, and, and I know a lot of people think, oh man, you know what? The bass fishing world doesn't need another high end hundred thousand plus thousand dollar bass boat. And I, and I understand that aspect too, but I, we all, we all, um, I, I always want to let everybody know that there's always an opportunity long-term and, and this, this company and myself are committed to this brand and we're going to continue to build, you know, innovative products, but we're also going to, 
going to have a have a boat for everyone out there is, is a long term goal, and that that means a lot to me just from where I'm from and where I came from. That that's very important to me. I agree. I agree. You your uh, your career winning total is currently over three and a quarter million dollars. Does that blow your mind to hear that every time somebody like me throws that in your face? Because I just can't believe it myself. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm 32 right now, and to hear that right now is pretty crazy. Obviously, I, I I do remember a moment in time when I was in high school that I was like, man, you know, and this is just this. I I remember saying to myself, if I can make fifty thousand to sixty thousand dollars a year, I can have own up my own house. I have a nice family. I'll be happy in life. And so like, I remember vividly having that memory and that thought in my mind. And so looking at how things have come and, and how things have gone in my, in my career, in my life at this point, I'm just like, I, of course I, when I think back at that moment, it, it, it's a pinch me moment. Cause it's like, wow, you know, that's, it's crazy. What's transpired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's, it certainly has. And you know, seriously, do you know how many people have made over $3 million in a career fishing? <laughs> I have no clue. You know what? I don't, I don't know either, but I, I'm, I'm guessing it's like a, a 10 at the most, and I don't even think it's that many. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's surprising, uh, the dollar figure, and how few people have hit that. Uh, but it's exciting, and you know what? I'm I'm waiting for the 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 winning the 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 check for winning a major tournament, whether it be bass or major league fishing, goes up from a hundred grand. I'd love to see that hit. You know, double it up, make it two hundred. Yeah, I mean, we all we all want to see that happen, and I think that's the big thing. Is like you know, obviously, you know, sponsors make that happen, and and um. And, and, and that's the goal. I mean, obviously, we want this sport to get elevated and push this in the right direction, have more opportunity. I mean, you look back in the day, you know, uh, premium time, obviously, during the time of like when FLW was was connected to Walmart and, and, and all those right. major sponsors. You know, that was obviously insane. And, and each spot, each company when Bass was owned by ESPN. And then there's this battle between Irwin and, you know, there was just so much money in the industry at that point in time. I'm hoping one day that there's an opportunity there. Obviously, fishing has grown. I just hope that one day, you know, we have to have non-endemics and we have to, to grow the audience. And, and obviously, look, I mean, there's there's only so uh, so many lakes and, and rivers and across the country to fish. And so we we have to be good stewards um, as well, you know. And, and so I think there's, you know, it's a combination of, of many things. But I, I do I do hope one day we can get back to that time or, or even better than that. You know, obviously championships used to pay a half million dollars. At one point in time, they paid a million dollars to win a Forestwood Cup. So, and now they're to 300000 which is, you know, it's still respectable. Don't get me wrong. But we would love to get it back to where it was, for sure. Excellent. And great explanation. Very well thought through. Uh, very, very polite in everything you do. You, sir, are a professional, without a doubt. Enjoy watching it. Enjoy talking to you. Uh, in addition to being able to talk to you and do interviews, I'm a Big fan like the rest of the world. Jacob Wheeler, thanks for joining me and uh, win a couple more events this year. Would you Would you mind doing that for me? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my hardest. Trust me, it's not gonna be from a lack of effort. I promise you that. I know that. I know that you're the hardest working man in business. 
Folks, Jacob Wheeler, he is something else. Nothing but the best is the way to describe this gentleman. Jacob, talk to you soon. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Steve. You have a great day, buddy. Bye-bye. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guests, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Charlie Evans. He is one of the good ones. Yeah, Charlie Evans. What a great guy he is. And thanks for everything you do for the sport of fishing, Mr. Charlie Evans. And I'd like to thank Jacob Wheeler for taking time out of his busy schedule to spend a half an hour with me. He's a great guy, and I'm proud to say that he's a friend. He is Jacob Wheeler, the best bass fisherman in the USA. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Boy, we sure do. Daiwa Reels. Don't forget that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Boy, they certainly do. Daiwa Reels. Don't forget that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget, you can contact us at our website. You can listen to the show at our website. And an awful lot of things by visiting wefishasa.com. I'm Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing! I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.